Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast, your spot for everything Dynamo. I'm your host, Asinski Man, and with me today is Kyle. Hello. And Scroggins. Hello. Hey guys, in this episode we'll be talking about the 3-1 victory against the Revolution at home, as well as the 1-3 defeat away to LAFC. Then we'll take a look at our next match against Nashville. So let's get to it. That uh, New England Revolutions game looked like we were a whole new team, completely uh, changed, that the manager changed, was everything you wanted, and I got a lot of flack for it in the soccer text, a lot of... uh, a lot of uh, reneging and a lot of backtracking and a lot of, okay, I told you so's going on after that game. So why don't you go ahead and give me your thoughts, Kyle? I want to hear from you. Yeah, I I want to share my thoughts. But first, I do need to make mention of this. We have this soccer text. With, it feels like there's like 30 people in it. I can't keep track at this point. But <laughs> remarkably, we all have iPhones. So we can go back and do the replies to messages and things. And the amount of replies on the thread that Sinski started of Pat being the one that should have been fired and not Naga is remarkable how long this thread has been going. So just to let everybody in on, on how we operate here at Dynamo Faithful, uh, Sinski has been getting trashed on for about two weeks straight now. Um, Yeah, this game was fun. I mean, Manager bounce in, in full swing, 3-1 win at home in a game that mathematically didn't matter. But just really fun to see our team show up and fight for each other. There were a lot of things that stood out to me in this game. Um, Coco, I think, has become or is getting close to being the truest version of himself and the best player that he can be for this team. That's for I real. can't wait mm-hmm. to see what he does with a proper midfield and wingers to support him. Um, but he is, he is becoming a midfield boss, um, a box to box player as classic as you can get the ball that he played in to Corey Baird, uh, which got called back off sides for no reason at all, um, mm-hmm. was the exact same ball that he played into Corey Baird in the, in the LAFC game that was finished. Like it was just such a nice thing to witness this player that we all love and we all want to see flourish to see him actually owning that role and playing well. Um, Yeah, just a really, really solid performance from most of our team and um, happy to see us get three points, you know, even at the end of the season when it seems to be all lost. um, It's nice to to see this team showing up, especially at home. Yeah, no pressure. Dynamo's top tier for sure. Uh, That ball from Coco to Corey Baird, I have decided since we saw it in back-to-back games, I think the Houston Dynamo have seen that in every practice this season. I think they've been waiting to get that to go off in a game, and it's finally happened. That's why Corey Baird's gotten all these starts and all this game time when everybody's (laughs) been calling for him to go to the bench is because in practice, they do that all the time. That's my guess. I've never gone to a practice. I don't know. But that must be the case because otherwise, how was Corey Baird getting those minutes before? But shoot, after that uh, offsides goal, I felt like – um, we saw we've seen a whole new Corey Baird since then. He's playing hard, making decent runs, being smart, getting his feet on the ball, getting himself in good positions for layoff passes, for all sorts of stuff. Pretty, uh, pretty impressed with it. Scroggins, why don't you jump in here? Give us your New England Revolution thoughts before we really get into the meat and potatoes. I mean, yeah, we looked like an entirely different team. Um, it. <laughs> 
it shocks me how different we looked and all we had to do was change the coach, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's as if hiring an inexperienced coach has a detrimental effect on your team. I don't know. Uh, maybe there's something there that we can talk about. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I don't uh, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I do you think disagree you now that you're proven wrong. Man, I have been anti-Naga so since first episode. Go back and listen. I did. Not. I re-listened. If, Go back. If we if if we didn't have so much personal information, like in the soccer text, I would say post it so that <laughs> so that we could show the world the lunacy that is Sinsky. Uh but no, um seriously though, like I loved like just the the effort. Like the guys were just gutting it out, man. They were running around they were harrying everything they're fighting for every ball um the the only issue that i saw is is stuff that the coach really can't help with and that's just mental lapses and um you know that's where the the pk uh on parker came from um you know that's where like somebody's not making a run or following in the shots you know um that, that's where some of that stuff comes in into play. But just as far as like the the cohesiveness of the team and setting the team up for success, I don't know if if maybe Naga was overly complicated or if Naga had, you know, was not complicated enough. You know what I mean? I don't know where he fell, but he was obviously on one of those two extremes. And Bundy has come in and just like taken the shackles off this team. And uh, we I mean. If Pat had made a better hire, I have no doubt that we would be challenging for a playoff spot. Um, just the the way that we have performed as of late, um, I think we could have, over the course of the season, at least been fighting for, for a playoff spot. Not saying we'd be there, but at least challenging for it at this point in the season, instead of being, you know, pretty much rooted to the cellar. Well, that that is a good question. You know, Kyle, what do you think? Do you think if we had had a, a more experienced coach, a better coach than Naga, that this team really should have had playoff aspirations? Because that's that's been the word since day one is that playoffs was the goal and that Naga might have been let go for not reaching that goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just look at our fixtures and our results. We talked about this, you know, after the Naga firing is you know how many games did we did we lose two to one after leading one nil? You know if, if we turned half of those results over into winning positions, then we could be looking at a you know playoff spot or just outside of playoffs as opposed to uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but being probably eleven to fifteen points off a playoff spot right now. So yeah, I, I think I think that it, it clearly showed he did not know how to respond to poor performances or being unable to hold winning positions and an experienced coach or somebody, I mean, this has been going around Twitter, somebody that at least puts players in their positions where they can play best. Like we might have had a chance. Um, And unfortunately, like, or maybe you see it as fortunately, but Corey Baird has made a late season resurgence. Is that due to, him just finally playing well does he trust bundy more and bundy trusts him does he has he shaken off his preseason injuries and he's finally caught up to his potential and it's tough you know as a as a dynamo fan and i'm sure as the dynamo organization like he rakes in a pretty good amount each year do yeah. we 
do we take a chance on him for one more year and hope that he keeps this form up or do we ship him out while he seems to be a hot commodity? Like it's a tough spot for, uh, for your best friend, Pat, <laughs> my best, my best friend, Pat and Pat, we, uh, we are questioning. Um, so that, that's, a, <laughs> that's a great thought. I mean, I, I love watching the dynamo score goals. Um, Corey Baird, like getting his shooting, his shooting boots on his feet and, looking for goals is pretty interesting to me, but I don't know if I want it back. You know, when you wait to start scoring goals until we can't do anything where there's no chance at playoffs, like that's not, that's not really the player I want. And Twitter's going wild about it, like calling on him. So Scroggins, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's kind of reactionary to be honest. It's the same yeah. thing with the Quinones with, with a uh, Nelson baby face Quinones, um, you know, like, it's we've just been so desperate for anything good, you know, something to hang on to. You know, it's like when you're drowning in the ocean or whatever, you'll grab whatever f- comes by that you can float on. Right. And um, and I feel like that's kind of where we're at right now with Baird. Uh, Baird's a great bench option. And and I think he, in a pinch, he could be like he could fill in a role on a starting 11. But I don't see him being anything more than that. You know, don't be fooled. Uh, we've just seen trash like all season long and we see anything that's kind of not maybe trash, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're very excited by that, you know? Yeah. When you're digging in a dumpster, it doesn't matter, uh, where you got the food top of the bottom. It's still in the dumpster. Yeah. Uh, But what's, what's so unfortunate though, is he's playing really well right now. (laughs) Like his link up play down the wing, his I mean, he's made the identical run and scored both of them from from crosses from Coco through balls. Like, imagine teams will figure this out, but imagine he did that once per game and scored each time. Like, <laughs> yeah. the guy is just like he's coming alive. And if if imagine Coco continues to excel, we partner Coco with maybe HH or a proper ten in the midfield that can continue to create, and we upgrade a winger elsewhere. Like. What if Corey Baird is the guy and he finally, you know, relives his uh, rookie all-star potential? Like, but that's such a gamble to take, you know, especially on his wages, you know, like how much we're paying him. I mean, if he came back on half of that, yeah, I'm all for it. But, but I don't know. I don't think we should pay him what he's making right now. Offer him something less. And if he takes it, great. Uh, Another guy that's kind of, um, jumped out to me in this game was was Darwin Seren had a had a really good game just playing the Darwin role, you know? Um getting in the way, messing things up. He wasn't asked to play outside of himself. He looked good. And uh maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I think he looked better in that holding midfield position than uh than Vera looked against LAFC. You know? And Amen. And granted those are granted, two different levels of football. There's a there's a talent oh. difference there. But uh but Vera did not look good to me. And, um, you know, I, on his wages, I, if you, if you put the choice before me between Seren or Vera and I'm taking into account like, like their wages, uh, I'm letting Vera go and I'm hanging on to Seren. Well, um, one of them's let go a bull and the other one still is under contract, right? Like, I don't know. Vera, I, I, is Vera running out? I don't think he is. I could be wrong. Man, I hope he is. Cause I'd love to see the back of him. I'm just, I'm just tired of, of seeing him not pay attention to games 
you know, but Seren, like he, he's obviously, obviously a good locker room presence and him mm-hmm. coming off the bench is not a, not a bad thing. You know, even when he gets two yellow cards in five minutes, we end up winning game, winning games. So, uh, I'm okay with that, but, but yeah, like while we were talking about players that, that kind of looked good in the new England game, I, I wanted to bring up Seren cause I thought he did look good. Uh, I thought he, he played really well. That's a good observation. I'm not I'm not anti Seren. I just think no, I I think I am. I think there's a there are a <laughs> lot of players that are at the end of their contracts and if we really want to rebuild and we want to say that we're going to take this team to the next level, I think we've got to get rid of the rid of these mediocre or less than mediocre players. And I know we can say naga 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 all 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 day, all pod long. But some of the onus has to go on the players and they have played very poorly this season and Seren's getting up there in age. And I just, if their contracts are coming up, I say, cut them. I say, cut them. You know, we've, yeah, we've been fair. bottom of the table over and over. I'm tired of being bottom of the table. And these guys have been with us putting us there over and over again. So, I, I mean, I was just thinking like between the two, you're paying Vera, what is he making like 300 400,000 a year and Seren's making like 150 something like that you know between those two man open up some of that cap space so we can pay a number 10 you know so we can we can get a new winger that's all i was saying i'm not arguing for Seren to be on this team next time you know this, I hear this that. time next year um I- yeah, give her both of them if you can. Shoot, why not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, can can we turn over the entire roster? Is that possible? We you mentioned Scroggins that uh, that Parker uh, gave up that bad PK. Uh, Kyle, can we talk about Sebus missing a PK in both matches? Mm-hmm. Hit me with that, man. Yeah, he is not good at him. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many total he's taken this season. I think he's up to three, two or three for the season. Um, but he has, he has scored one of them. So not a great return. Um, fun, actually fun stat, random point on this. We are in the MLS. We are 14th in penalties given with only five for the season. I think LA galaxy is up to like 12 or something for the season. We really got to, we got to pump those numbers up. Yeah. We got to start getting some penalties. For we have to play in the box to get penalties, and we haven't yeah, been yeah, there yeah. most of the yeah, season. Unfortunately, so. we're not in there. Yeah, no, Sebas is not not great at penalties. He just doesn't look confident from the spot, whereas he watched Fafa's penalty um, in this game, and he and he buries it top corner. He does. Uh, keeper yeah. guesses the right way, but Fafa just nails it. And he the way he steps up to the ball, it was like in the Miami game where, you know, that was different because it was his family, but he owned that penalty. And he and he took it, and this was the same. Like you know, I don't think Fafa's the guy for the for the future for anything. But we need a player that <laughs> can confidently step up and and take that. And didn't look like Sevis is that guy. So maybe off season he'll be practicing more, but we'll have to wait and see. And something interesting when we're talking about where we spend our time in the Revolutions game, we took fifteen shots inside the box. And only five outside the box. And look at the scoreline in that game. So I don't know what Naga was doing to not have his players get in the box and try and score goals. But I mean, when that changes, look what happens. You get yeah. goals. So our wingers were playing as extra fullbacks. That's what was happening. <laughs> yeah. For, for and most Sebas can't run. So <laughs> after the after the twenty fifth, twenty sixth minute, that would happen over and over again. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the uh, New England Revolution game. Fafa put in two shots. 
both you could call bangers as PK was hit so forcefully. Um, and DQ got back on the scoreboard. He's got nine on the season. So that was the good 3-1 scoreline. Scroggins, we also lost to LAFC 3-1. And people are going to get your opinion, um, instant reaction on uh, Dinah Bros. But I want your cool, calm, collected, it's been a day reaction. Oh, it's the same, man. We were just outclassed. <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean, I have, to be fair, I haven't heard the recording. Yeah, there's there's no two bones about it, man. Like like we we talk about it on Dyna Bros. And I mean, when when you have Gareth Bale coming off the bench for you, right? And 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 Teo and and I mean Latif Blessing, like man, when when they brought in all those guys, at, you know, in the summer transfer window, I remember in the architecture we were like, maybe we can pick up Latif off of LAFC. That would have been great. Latif Blessing could walk into almost any starting 11 in the league and he's coming off the bench and he's not one that you're worried about coming off the bench. You're almost like, Oh, thank God. It's just Latif, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean that, that we have maybe, I I think we talk about in the recording that like we have maybe one player on our squad, maybe two that could like make even the bench for the LAFC. Everyone else, like, I, I don't even think makes that team. And, uh, yeah, we're just uh, we're just not as good, and and so going into that game, I'm just like not in the face, you know. Like let's just <laughs> let's just uh, not embarrass ourselves, and and I don't think we did, you know. We we hung in there and just uh, gave up two PKs. We don't give up those two PKs, which were kind of stupid. Um, then uh, then yeah, I think it's a much better game with a much more uh, um, desirable scoreline. I don't think we were ever out of the uh, LAFC game until we gave up that third goal. I thought when we were 2-1 down, the boys were still playing, still trying to get in it, still trying to find a way. But after that third goal, I think it, everything unraveled, you know, like a, a ball of yarn. You pulled the thread too long, and it just it all crumbled. Kyle, get in here. Share your thoughts. Yep. That ball of yarn metaphor really hit me just now. Um <laughs> I was just so fixated on how how well placed that metaphor was. I think I agree with you, Sinski. This this game was um, an, an unfortunate result, and on paper looks like we got taken. But this team this team showed up, and they they tried. That first half was really impressive. I, I mean, there was Martin. a stretch of time there where we had LA pinned back, yeah, and almost looking like you know nervous as, as soon as Baird equalized with that really nice finish, it looked like we were going to really press them in and almost, you know, get a second. Sebas hit the, you know, top of the crossbar or, or forced to save with that nice header. Um, you know, we were we were pushing them in and just playing really well. Again, another dominant performance from Coco. So to concede two penalties off of a pretty weak challenge, the, the Dorsey foul was hard to watch because I've been a big Dorsey fan all season, and that was just a really really poor challenge. Um, yeah. So, so to have two penalties, you know, separate us here, if, if it was a one, one game and we left there with a point, that would have been a huge performance and just a statement yeah. performance from this team, um, to not, you know, to, to, to take four points off LAFC for the season. Like that would have been an impressive haul. Um, losing this game, it sucks, but it's like, that was the expectation. And, yeah. For them to at least fight it out for ninety minutes was 
really nice to see. I know we talked a lot of a lot of mess about the California conquest and just dominating California this season, but really it was it would have been silly to think of a different outcome because, like y'all said, just outclassed and the talent level is very different. There was a lot of chatter that blessing might come to the Dynamo, you know, and that would that's an automatic upgrade, I think, wherever we play him. So, oh yeah, it's just when a bench player can come in and immediately make your starting eleven and turn your and like upgrade the team, I think that shows the class difference between LAFC and the Houston Dynamo. But I thought Coco Absolutely. looked incredible, and I think. Someone's got to talk to Sebas. I don't know what's going on there, but the guy is so streaky and so hot and cold that I don't know. Like we we spent a lot of money on him. We're we're pinning some hopes on him, and I've I've said all year he's not getting the help that he deserves. But yeah. the last couple of games, he's had some chances. He he had some moves. So I don't I don't know what to think there. Scroggins, help me out. I've got a theory. I've got a theory. I think Sebus, if you watch his body language, he's like engaged in the games until a certain point. And that point is usually when he's making a run and thinks he has his man beat and he watches Fafa either dribble it into four players or kick it directly to the keeper. Yeah. And I, I think that like towards towards the end of the season he started losing patience with that and i i mean i've watched him i watched his body language i watched the 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 frustration come out um and and now he's to the point where like fafa just has to do it once and he's like all right i'm over this you know um that's what i'm seeing repeatedly happen is it, it, that's what i think is actually happening is that he's just so frustrated because he's in good positions and and no one's trying to feed him the ball and yeah, I think we're just seeing a, a season of of that pent up frustration right now. And and man, I I would I don't blame him for being for feeling that way at all. I I'm sorry, since Kim, I jump. No, in. go ahead. I think though he like I get that, and I understand like if you make a run five times and you don't get it, like you're just gonna stop doing it. Um, but I feel like he has not shown that he can be the hold up player keep possession, run into the right channels, like to where we would, he would warrant that frustration, you know, like if, if he had shown that when he does receive the ball, that he's capable and consistently responsible with it, then I think I would understand it more. But he, in my opinion, is just not that player. I think he's made some good, like through ball or, or, you know, runs through defenses and yeah. he's had a couple really nice finishes from that, but his holdup play is, is atrocious. And you know, like how, how often are we going to try to involve him if we don't think that he's going to be able to get our attack going? Well, I mean, is he a back to goal kind of striker or is he uh, uh like face to goal kind of guy? And I, I, I just don't think, I don't think that he has ever been a holdup back to goal you know, play off of him kind of guy. I think he's he's more of a pure poacher where he wants to be running at goal when he receives the ball. I mean, that's when he looks the most confident, and I think that's when he wants the ball the most. I I, I just don't see him. Sure, a hold-up play has got to be a part of your game, but I, I don't think that's why we got him. I don't think that's what was appealing about him in the first place. I agree with both of you. I think that's definitely Real not good his sense. brain. 
and I, hey, you called me a contrarian yesterday, so here I am. <laughs> here I am agreeing, and I'm getting the, the flack. So I, I do. I think I don't think he's a guy who's going to play with his back to goal uh, well. We can see he's not great at one-twos and pass, and he wants to do the uh, DQ stuff, but he's not super great at it. And then um, on the same token, when he does make those runs facing the goal and he's not getting the ball, he does shut down a little bit. But you're the nine, you're the striker. Anytime we're in the final third, you have to make that run. I don't care if Faf is on the ball and we know he's not going to pass, that he's going to take a shot through the defenders or or into the side of the net. That's that's what Fafa wants to do. Maybe selfish. But um, um let's just remember Fafa absolutely buried one in the Revolutions game. So he he did. He 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 did. You're right. Um but how many did he dink straight to the keeper or straight into defenders <laughs> okay. in LA? Defenders legs like over and over. And when <laughs> when he's got an open man. So but I saw but I think Sebis has to take some responsibility too he, when he's getting opportunities. He's got to bury him. And I think he misses a lot of opportunities. And he, he's, made, he's, he's made some opportunities. I just think fact is, until we get players around him that play with him, we're really not going to know if he's the potential we think he is or if he's just, like a lot of other Dynamo players, mediocre. And that worries me because we spent a lot of money on him, and I don't think that's a position we're going to look to upgrade. And I don't think it is a position we should look to upgrade, but I want him to do better. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, no, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how next season plays out. There's there's always next season if your name's not Coach Nagamura. Uh, I mean, it's not like he, he's he got a lot of help right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I give him some. Uh, I, I'll wait and see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give him one more good winger and a proper attacking midfielder and see what he can do with that. I am excited for that day. If it ever does come to, to see what he's got for real, but cause I really, I don't know. Should I be, should I be frustrated with this or is it really just, you know, the, the team composition is that is, is what it is. So, so just a little nerve wracked that, that Sebis isn't scoring some goals and stuff as often as I'd like him to. But I know the the world's not FIFA as well. So um what about our defense in that LAFC game? Uh Chris, why don't you uh why don't you have something to say about that? I mean what do you want me to say about it? I want you to talk about how abysmal it was, how uh lazy <laughs> defending it was, how how embarrassing it was that we gave up I mean, two penalties and pr- gave up a third penalty but got lucky that they fouled us first. I want you to talk about that. Is that yeah I mean was it really lazy defending or were we just going up against the best attack in the league um, with with our defense? I don't think it was lazy. I think we were just outclassed. I think everybody tried real hard. Uh, Dorsey tried extra hard, and that's why he wanted to, like, tackle that player for mm-hmm. LAFC, which, you know, by the way, like... That was a bonehead tackle. That was a bonehead tackle. I, I, think, I think the LAFC player obviously made a meal of that. If you watch it, like... Sure, Lundy's got his arm on him, but uh, sure, yeah. But come on, it was soft, and and we all know it was soft. I mean, just like just like the handball called on Fafa um, was soft. You know, that's interesting to me because I know next season I got in I got in a conversation with Christopher Sunflower, and he enlightened me a little bit that that's not going to be a PK next season. But that's strange to me because I feel like if your arm is that far away from your body, I don't care where you are on the pitch. If it touches the the ball, then that's a problem. Your arm shouldn't be extended out here 
y'all can't see it, but I got my arms doing the robot. And it shouldn't be extended out there to get hit with the ball. He needs to know where he is. He's in the box. He's in front of goal. And his arm is five feet out from his body. That's probably an exaggeration. I mean, we're going to have to, yeah, Fafa's barely five feet tall. Um, Producer Ian, roll the tape. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to, like, I I know, we're going to get into, like, the, the nerdy language of the, of the, of the the rule there but i i don't know man like it seemed to be in more of a natural body position sure he wasn't all tucked up like tight um no it wasn't his arm wasn't that far off i mean but but i get it right like if if if, uh andrew farrell gets a handball called on him in that new england game which like we benefited from great but uh that absolutely should not have been a handball um I agree. Then, yeah, that. the Fafa his arms are in, but Fafa's arms aren't in. His arm wasn't in. His arm was up by his head because he was sliding. Uh, so you could make an argument that that wasn't tucked in and a natural body position. Fafa's that it was ricochet off of a head, like somebody headed the ball at him, right? Like he wasn't prepared for a direct shot, and he was reacting and running. So his arm should be in movement. And it's a soft call. It's it, and it should be corrected. Um, but I, I don't think our defense was bad. Like. I don't think we played poorly. We were just outclassed in, uh, and you got to make that distinction. Like the effort was there, the hard running, all that stuff. We just weren't as good, you know, and, and that's okay. At this point in the season, we know who we are and you know, that's all right. All right. Kyle explain to Scroggins how I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just note um, that Scroggins conveniently, uh, left off of his defensive wrap up that Lundy gets torched on that third goal in the LAFC game. He, he went down, he went off. down to the ground about three minutes way too soon. And <laughs> uh, whatever their right back is that apparently is the highest scoring defender in the league this season. Uh, Ryan Hollingshead. He played for FC yeah. Dallas for years. I hate his guts. He's got a mouthful yeah, he, of a name. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. rough. Um, very, that's a very FC Dallas name. Um, he just, he just sent Lundy to the cleaners and then had a really nice finish and beat Steve Clark on the near post. Like, but yeah, it, Lundy made it very easy for him the way he went down to ground. Um, so yeah, defensively, I think this was a, this was a pretty poor performance. Teenage, uh, was a little bit wild, uh, fortunate that we, you know, didn't have a third penalty given, um, Tim Parker was whatever, and Griffin Dorsey sadly, you know, conceded that penalty. So, um, yeah, not not a great outing. Yeah, where's Bartlow, man? He, um, I feel like he's getting a short end of a stick right now after some of his performances. Let's play Bartlow. All right, I think I think that's enough of talking about a defeat, Kyle. I appreciate the backup there. Um, I will say that LAFC are a top team, and the Dynamo are trying to be better. So, I will I will say that. That's how I'll wrap it up. Maybe lazy wasn't the right word, but I think wild was a better one that Kyle used. Um, I don't think they were lazy. I think you're right. So let's go to the general news. We have our record update. We are at 91 yellow cards. Is the record 93 or 94? Remind me, guys, um, because we're either two or three away. And two yeah, games I don't remember, do. but I, we're closing in on it. Um, I don't think 100 is possible, so Manny, uh, take that. That makes me happy. I feel like 100 yellow cards would just be like, yikes, you know. I've heard of Centurion teams, but not for not for the number of points they get, not the number of cards that they've received. So 
this is a this is something fickle for me. I think fickle's not the right word. Something like contentious within me. I want this season to have something for the Dynamo, but I don't know if I want it to be something so infamous. Scroggins, what's your take on the yellow card debate? Is this a fun thing or a not so fun thing? Yeah, so uh, I I was just looking up um, because we were we were alerted to the possible record here by a post on Reddit by looks like C Mortis. Um, I can't remember what their their Twitter account is, but anyway, um, they posted you know uh, a couple weeks ago how we were on pace to to break a yellow card accumulation record, and the post. He put like the the record for a 34 game season is 90, and that was set by Colorado in 2018. Uh, and so by what foot mobs count, we we broke it. We we have the record. We've we've got what 91, but by, by that count. But MLS.com has us at 88. So we may or may not have broken the record. Um, <laughs> Regardless, uh, I think that even if we go with the lower number with MLS.com, we're going to break that record like next game, you know, or, or at least tie it. Um, just go like all yellow card, you know, uh, uh, starting 11 and put Hadebi and Sarin out there together and tell them that, you know, the other team said something mean about their mom or something and just just watch the fun ensue. Um, but yeah, hey, at least we're we're best in the league at something, right? Hey, Coco actually gets a lot of yellows too, but I don't know. I just feel like Coco does a lot more good things than bad things. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm more okay with that. I just feel like teenagers had some real moments of brilliance, right? Like he's got that goal. He's got some crazy clearances and tackles, but he also, I just feel like he's never on his feet in our own box. And that just, I, I just get scared when that happens. Right. I'm not a professional. Is it, is it worth player, it? Yeah. Yeah, so I just like when I see that all the time, just like ripping my hair out, like stay on your feet, keep your arms behind you and get the ball out of the box. Clear it, not like (laughs) two feet forward, but clear it, not to the not to the Seattle player right in front of you who's going to shoot it in. Clear it. So maybe I'm hard on him. I don't know. But no, I don't think so. He he makes like a million dollars a year. He, He should do better. Um, I think we could say that about a lot of the players on the team. They should be doing better, even the ones that aren't making a million dollars. But I do hope that next season a DP slot opens up and that we use it in a more aggressive position than center back. But that's a conversation for later. So, yeah, that's enough with the yellow card, goal record, humiliation slash um, some sort of pride. I don't know. So (laughs) let's talk about playoffs. Playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? Ian, did you just play that clip? Wow, good job, producer Ian. Um, <laughs> yes, I do want to talk about playoffs, and I know the faithful are probably wondering why the heck are we talking about something that we don't get to participate in because we should have been there. That was the goal, and I, my heart still burns for it. So, Scroggins, give me some playoff deets. Fire away. Yeah, um, it's a pretty tight race in the West. Uh, Vancouver's on 40 points um, in rsl is right below the line on 43 points because of goal differential um they're they're tied with uh la galaxy at 43 which which i want to point out if you know faithful dynamo faithful listeners will will know that that i predicted rsl to drop (laughs) back when they were 
hanging out in second place in the West, and and I said they were gonna they were gonna drop below the playoff line. Um, Everyone disagreed with you on this pod. Yeah, I definitely I did. I 100 percent am uh, never gonna let that one go. Uh, but yeah, here we are. Uh, it feels really good to be right. And then uh, Ellie Galaxy is still three. They could. You're correct, but they did drop, and that's what I said. Um, but uh, I I like the LA Galaxies like right on this edge, and they seem really mentally fragile because we can totally crush them the last game of the year, and that's all I want for Christmas right now. Um, Minnesota's in sixth at 45, and Portland is sitting on 46 in fifth place. So three points between uh, eighth and fifth, uh, six points between uh, ninth and fifth. So uh, Vancouver's not out of this. Um, the real surprising thing is seeing the Seattle Sounders where they're at. They're in 10th place on 39 points, and they might miss the playoffs for the first time in the history of their club. And, uh, I mean, we remember what that was like. What was that, 2013, I think, when we missed the playoffs for the first time. And so we could see the Seattle Sounders um, following our footsteps and becoming irrelevant for the next nine years, which I would absolutely relish. I would love that so much. Please, if anyone is out there and can make this happen, do it. Just just for my happiness. Here's here's the difference though. They're they're missing playoffs the year they won the Champions League. So <laughs> you know the CONCACAF Champions League. So I mean like, Who cares yeah, when, when when they win the Club World Cup we'll be reminded of, of why <laughs> they're in tenth place. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares, man? We all know that it's all about the MLS Cup. That's that's what really matters around here, right? The real trophy in North America. Look, I'm about the MLS Cup. I just think bringing home a CONCACAF Champions League trophy to the MLS is a pretty big deal as well. And if you're going to miss playoffs but win a trophy, that's pretty great. We are we got knocked out of the U.S. Open by a fierce rival who is one place above us in the standings right now. And we got nothing to show for it because we're nearly bottom of the barrel. We're like... There's like a, a rusty orange and a rusty apple, which is really worse, you know? Why how do, why are how does fruit get rusty? <laughs> <laughs> you can you can uh mixing metaphors, you know, whatever. Why, why he teaches things? math, everybody. He teaches math. Don't, and don't reading worry. and science and social stuff. I teach the whole gamut now. I've stepped it up since the beginning of this, this pod, unlike the Houston Dynamo. Well, no, they're they're stepping up too. They're stepping up too. <laughs> they're really not. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it is hard to it is hard to cheer on this team sometimes with, with your friends. Hey, so, don't worry. San Jose has a game in hand on us, so they still may overtake us. So I don't I don't think we'll that's see. gonna happen. I think with the manager bounce, I think we're safe. But Kyle, here's why I'm really wanted to talk and wanted to talk about playoffs. Maybe I shouldn't talk at all. But the reason I want to talk about playoffs is it's so tight of a race and we're still outside looking in like that's just how that a prettier picture or a better painted picture, I guess you could say, because it's pretty ugly um, of our season is that that everybody in the West is still competing except for us in San Jose. Yep, that does hurt a little bit, Sinsky man. But here (laughs) I'm looking at the table right now. Imagine this scenario. We're at 33 points, two games left in the season. We return six points, and Seattle happens to get pwned in their last three games, 
and we jump them on the table from goal differential, then we're sitting at 10th and 10th looks not that bad in regards to this season. So that's here's some hope that maybe the run will start as Sinski has been calling for all season. We'll do a two game run to close it out and we'll finish in 10th for the year. So that's a uh, yeah, let's slap, now. let's slap some lipstick on that pig. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, you, you called the RSL dropping perfectly. Maybe this is my perfect call for the season. <laughs> Uh, I I hope it is. I guess I don't know. But then, but then you know, Reddit and Twitter will be calling for Bundy to get the job, and that's like everyone's worst nightmare. I think so. Oh, I am. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with Bundy. You know, he's going to go back to Dynamo too, like he should, and and get some more we, tread. We on the need towers. a whole. We need a whole Dynamo faithful episode on that. Yeah. Do we? Do we? Yes, I mean, I think we can all agree. Everybody gets a chance to share their opinion and then a chance to tear everybody else's opinions down. No, nah, we've, we've, we've had tab. We've had worse tab. We, we don't need like another, we don't need Bundy to come in and be like a third version of tab. Like we just don't like, come on, this is dumb. I don't know. I'm kind of okay with a guy who only loses to LAFC, you know, <laughs> <laughs> why you do this? Why are you like this? I hate so much about who you choose to be. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough about playoffs. It's it's out of sight, out of mind, and my heart can't take it. So let's go ahead and let's talk about the future. Let's look ahead at our next match. We're going away to Nashville. You know, that's the country capital of the world. Sunday, October 2nd. At 7.30 p.m. Be there, be square. Okay. Scroggins, how's Nashville doing? I said that Nashville would drop, and they didn't, so I'm not going to talk about how they're doing. You can. I, does it matter how Nashville's doing? Like, Yes, it matters. We can beat them. <laughs> we we cannot. Um, Hani Mukhtar, <laughs> it, it's Nashville Hani Mukhtar FC is what they are. He's got like 30 goal assist combined he's he is their team and then they got walker zimmerman who's having a solid if not like stellar year um and in the back i we beat him the last time we played him right yeah we did yeah we We did yeah but but mukhtar didn't one of our away dominant games yeah one of the like three that we've had um but uh Like I said, does this even matter? Why are we talking about this game? We're going to lose 2-1. We all know what's going to happen. You can't Uh, give your prediction yet. The robot hasn't spoken. I'm not giving my prediction. The universe has given us that prediction. (laughs) This is ridiculous. I mean, they're they're good. They're they're solidly in the playoffs. They're going to be in contention for an MLS Cup because they should make a... They're built to do well in tournaments. Um they're defensively solid, and then they got, you know, a literal magician uh, in Hani Mukhtar. And, yeah, uh, they're unbeaten in the last six, so let that be an encouragement. You know, anything can happen, I guess. But yeah, Pre-pod, Kyle said, and I quote, we shut him down last time. Absolutely. We shut we him down. And and yeah, that was only ten minutes, but that was a ten minute preview of a ninety minute masterclass defensive <laughs> display that the Houston Dynamo mean? are looking to put on this week. So look, new manager, 
new team. We this guy he could be in for the long haul. Who knows? So <laughs> so let's go to Nashville. Let's pick up a steel guitar and a wooden fiddle, and let's beat these boys down. It I, I, anything can happen. Anything it can That's happen. Right. It the can run, happen. The run you know what? Now. I'm going to be even more confident once Dinobot gives his prediction. Dinobot, let's hear it. Dinobot's prediction for Houston Dynamo at Nashville SC. 59% chance Nashville SC wins. 18% chance Houston Dynamo win. 23% chance the two teams draw. Dale, 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 Dynamo, and stay faithful. A little less confident, guys. I'm, I am a little less confident. 59% chance Nashville wins. But you know what? That doesn't mean anything. And yeah, what what is what does Dinobot know, right? Yeah. What do numbers mean, says the math teacher? Seriously. Did y'all hear the way that he just gave that prediction like so flatly? Remember when he was becoming like one of us, emotional, powerful, cared? But I feel like I feel like since uh, the demise of the Dynamo, he's kind of just decided, no, nope, you know what? Sentience isn't for me. Can't handle these emotions. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be a robot. For the rest of my Smart life. Smart move. So yeah. did did the Dynamo just save us from Skynet by being terrible? Is that is is that what happened? That's two things we could get this season. <laughs> the yellow cards, and we're essentially Arnold Schwarzenegger at this point. Yeah. Well, I think in the first one he's kind of a bad guy, so he is Skynet in the first one, like Skynet run, right? Yeah. Why are we yeah. talking about this? <laughs> now the second the second one he's like, hey, oh, I'm no. going to defend you from from my own people. You know, I'm going to betray my own kind. To protect mm. to protect you guys, so mm. there's a metaphor in there somewhere. Yeah, mm. uh, the Dynamo are here to protect us from themselves. Uh, that was <laughs> that's really what the Nagamura firing was about. So, I we've heard Scroggins' prediction. I'm not sure if he gets to go a second time. I'll let him decide. I didn't, I didn't give a prediction. I just told you <laughs> what the universe says. Kyle, why don't you tell me how this is going to go down? Two nil Dynamo win. Game Amen, over. brother. Let's go. Easy. Who scores? Hector Herrera brace. Say it. Say it. Say it. <sighs> Hector Herrera doesn't even play for this team anymore. Um, <laughs> Back this week. I can feel it. No. I think Coco bags one. He's he's coming in hot off of some good performances. And I think Fafa picks up another. Ooh, that, that'll tie Fafa with DQ, right? Both of them will be at nine, I think, if he scores. Scroggins is 2-1 really what you think? Or are you just doing some sort of feng shui universe thing? Feng Shui universe thing. Uh, no, I do think two one, but I think it'll be two one Dynamo. Um, oh, I think uh, that's why we're doing this. What do you mean? We know we're going to lose two one. No, this is it. Go ahead. I'm telling you what I'm hoping for. I yeah, I, I I'm hoping for that. I I think that we are high press. We can unsettle their defensive solidity and um, tempt them into making some dumb fouls. And I, I can just feel it. Memo's going to have a, a free kick that he's going to put in the back of the net. I, I can just feel it in my bones. Take that's that the only score that I can feel. Are you kidding me? Are you, He's been so close. He's been denied. <laughs> Remember the one that like went <laughs> off the bottom of the post and they called it back? Like The man, the man deserves – he deserves one at this point. He just does. <laughs> I'm yeah, not sure. but he's not, he's not getting it. <laughs> Sinsky's over here advocating for Pat's job, saying Pat needs to be fired. <laughs> but I'm crazy for saying that Memo's going to score a goal. You guys have lost the plot. What is happening? I, I don't. Know, I don't know if that 
to me, one of those makes perfect sense, and one of those we've watched him miss all year long. So <laughs> you mean like Pat missed with Naga, right? That's what you're talking about. In, Pat missed with Naga, side. very first strike. That should have told us everything we needed right there. The moment. <laughs> so that you agree missed, with me? You agree with me? Been. Memo's going to make it. That's what I'm saying. So I thanks. would love to see Memo put in one from. Uh, what am I trying to say? I would love to see Memo put in a free kick. I would love that. I just my hope for Memo scoring a free kick has gone. You ever seen those TikToks where the guy's playing the music and he's drawing the pin, and then all of a sudden he like jumps up the graph or he falls down the graph? Like I am like just I fell down the graph like three months ago on Memo taking free kicks. So. I, um, I don't know what a TikTok is, so yeah, I don't get the reference. Sorry, a TikTok is a sound that a clock makes. TikTok <laughs> on the clock. Golly, Kesha taught us this. So anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna give you a real prediction. Kesha. We're gonna continue the three-one run. All right, we beat uh, the Revolution three-one. We lost to LAFC three-one, and now we're gonna win three-one. Sebis is gonna score. Hector Herrera is going to score a brace. That man's going to be a part of all three goals. He's coming in uh, from his injury. He's ready to play. He's back, and he's going to he's going to say, "Hey, I want to make Bundy look good too." So he's going to play great, and we're going to win three one on the road to show Nashville that country music starts and ends in Texas. Amen. Before we wrap up the entire pod, we have got a fun little question that we think would be good to discuss. I want to know what single position, you can only pick one position, do you want to see us upgrade the most this coming off season? If Pat could only get one good transfer, which seems to be his quota, what position do you want that good transfer in? I'm going to start with my man, Kyle, who had my back all pod along. <laughs> all right. I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some hate for this one. But... I, I said this early in, in Dynamo Faithful podcasting. I think where we should upgrade is left back. I think Adam Lundquist needs a big upgrade. Okay. And I'm saying that knowing that we desperately need an attacking midfielder and a very effective winger. So I know that that is going to happen. I think this team needs a star left back that can command the defense. and you know, a, a DeMarcus Beasley-esque player. Oh. It may not need to be that kind of person, but I, that's what I'm thinking this team needs. Lundy, I love you. I think you've put in a decent shift, but I do not think that you're the guy for this rebuild. Okay, Chris, I know you got some words on that. Before you give me your upgrade, I need you to I need you to defend Lundy. Go for it. Uh, we, we had a DeMarcus Beasley-esque player in DeMarcus Beasley, and he didn't influence the game as much as you think he did, Kyle. He won a US ah. Open, he won a US Open Cup. Uh yeah, and so did Kevin Garcia technically. And and I still don't think that, that says anything. Demarcus Beasley led the team to a US Open Cup. Oh well, you know, or Albert Lees or or Minotis, but you know, sure. Um I'm gonna need producer Ian to do some scrubbing of this because my man Scroggins just like may have caused an uprising amongst all the dynamo fans by by saying something bad and u.s men's national team fans for going against demarcus beasley that no way that's no just take. the the who gets more touches on the ball your left back or your central attacking midfielder i like your number 10 
He influences the game more. That's the correct answer here. If I was going to say, this team team ships goals left and right. We need a short up. I I was going to say, look, if we hold the ball, they don't have the ball. They can't attack us. Like, that's the problem here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the back and building forward. Okay. That's that's what they did with Parker and Hadibi. And it's terrible. I, I like. I was going to say coach. I was going to try and zig what everybody else is zagging and saying like, hey, I want the position we need to upgrade the most is coach. That's what I was going to try and do. But now with how offensively wrong Kyle has been, I'm going to say a number 10. We need a number 10. We need a midfielder that can hold on to the ball, can create stuff, because the more we have the ball, the less they have it, and therefore they can't attack us. It, it's brilliant. It's it's so smart that everyone else in the world does it. So I'm just saying that that's my answer there. Number 10. Um, well, I, I love both of those uh, for different reasons, but I got to tell you, gentlemen, you're both wrong. Chris, <laughs> you're way off Who the mark. Who saw that one coming? Kyle, <laughs> you're close, but no cigar. You're on the wrong side of the pitch. It's not the left back position that needs filled, though. I would love Lundy to be our backup and for someone better to be a, above him. No, that's not the position we need to fill. It's not the 10. It's not. It's the right back. Griffin Dorsey puts so much pressure on his center backs every game to be perfect because he thinks that as a right back, he should be in the box for 90 minutes of the game or right beside it in the wing, ready to kick the ball into the defender who's blocking him. So to me, that is not worth him constantly running back five feet behind the guy he's supposed to be tracking where Tim Parker has to play hero and cover the right side of the pitch 50% of the back final back third to keep them out of the place. You know what? Griffin Dorsey, you're a fireball man, but I just feel like I feel like he's burned out a little bit and I would love to see a real spot there. We recognize that as a need earlier in the season. We tried to fix it with Zeka. That was a mistake. Who brought that guy in? And now we're going to have to do it again because of another misfire from our GM. One single position, and you guys both pick fullbacks. That's right, man. Dynamo fans will understand. Sinski and I are making the right decisions here for this team. (laughs) We are shoring up this team, and these all-star Right and left backs are going to also provide attacking depth because they're going to be really good at that too. Okay, that's right. So we may not even need a ten. We're just gonna we're gonna run wing backs only, and they're going to be really good. We're gonna lump in crosses to our our number nine striker that can't jump or run. And uh, no, no, no. The, the, the wing backs are going to take care of all of that. Yeah, you're not you're not paying attention, Scrum. They're going to do the scoring too. Yeah. You guys have, have lost it. It's uh, your minds have been broken by the losing. And I understand it happens to the best of us. You just haven't, you know, you guys are rooting for teams that, that have been good and you just haven't suffered, you know, it's all right. You'll build resilience and, and you'll learn how to keep your mind stable through all of this. Don't worry, guys, it'll be all right. Just takes an episode of Battle Bots. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this pod. It's been a lot of fun. It really stinks that we're out of playoffs, but we're glad that you guys are still listening. We're absolutely grateful. Don't forget to rate us wherever it is you listen to us. And guys, stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. 
We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Kyle McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Bellow. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful. Let's talk about playoffs. Okay, playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? <laughs> Why? We're not in the playoffs. Yeah, well, that was the goal, guys. The goal was playoffs, and I think it's pretty interesting. Let's talk about what the league looks like around us, what what competition looks like. Kyle, go ahead and hit me with some playoff deets. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just read this? I got to start checking that before I start talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, just oh, yeah, I guess I'll go. give it a go. Sorry, Ian. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, you can you can pivot that one to Scroggins. Okay. Yeah. I don't have much to say on playoff stuff. Just FYI, Sinsky. Okay. All right. I'm going to come back in. Three, two, one.